0: Welcome back, everybody, to episode 121 of the Listen In Podcast, the only music podcast by music listeners for music listeners. Uh, We took a two-week break. Life got in the way, but we are back now. And, Jake, this is the first podcast uh, since we got the news of Scott Hutchinson's death. The lead singer from Frightened Rabbit.
1: Listeners will remember that... In our last episode right. we did, we were talking about the fact that he was missing. Right, He had not been officially pronounced dead. He was, in fact, found, yeah. which, is, uh, which is really sad. And I know, Sean, it affected you yeah. quite a lot.
0: Yeah, it did. This was really hard news. I was already kind of struggling with it when uh, we got the news that he was missing because I just assumed the worst. And uh, those assumptions were proven to be true, unfortunately. I, I, I think I've kind of already said my piece on the last episode about this all. I I, I feel like we had done kind of a premature obituary in a way in that episode but when I got the news like this really really did affect me um I actually I I shed some tears over this I had a hard that was a hard day for me
1: yeah man well like like you've said I think on the last podcast and in conversation since this was someone who struggled with some mental illness and depression in ways that I think we both relate to in in different in different ways and And sang about it eloquently, and 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 was able to use it in in addition to his you know talent to make music that meant a lot to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's sad to see someone go down, you know, in knowing what he fought and knowing that he probably did all he could not to let this be his fate. Yeah, because it's really rough.
0: One of the things for me is he sang about, like you said, he sang about in a way that was very relatable. And kind of gave you some comfort when you were feeling that way because it was like, okay, someone else is feeling this and they're still here and they're able to kind of talk about it in this really artful, nice way. And to see that person succumb to those feelings and not really have it get any better, it is hard because you're like, well, you know, I already knew this really wasn't going to go away for me. I'm always going to deal with this. and this guy just got to a point where like he couldn't hack it and it's kind of like, okay, it's this person I've kind of looked up to. They're kind of a hero. What does that mean for me? You know? And it's just like, what, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay now. I probably don't have it as bad as he does luckily. Um, but you just never know where life's going to ta- take you, especially when that's something you deal with. So uh, it's really, really sad news. I've been listening to a lot of and rapid recently and, I mean, so many of those lyrics are just kind of a preview of, you know. Some of them are very eerie to hear now, given what we know.
1: It's poignant, too, because, like, and what's really interesting is you just right now saying that you've been listening to a lot of Frightened Rabbit. I just had, it's weird, for the first time, the realization that, like, oh, I don't have a chance anymore to, like, really get into them the same way like I can I can get into their existing albums but they will never have an album again right and like I, I I've really enjoyed a lot of their music I haven't gotten as into Frightened Rabbit as you have or as some others I know but there was always like some, there was a seed always in my head where I was like, one day I'm just going to get really into them. Like, yeah. that's just going to happen. Yeah. It's like what happened to the National for me. Right. Like, there was a few years of like, once I heard enough songs enough times and enough of my friends raved about them enough, I was yep. like, all right, well, fuck it. I'll, right. I'll, 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 my turn to get into them. Right. And uh, it, it's it's interesting because hearing you say that, I was like, oh, like, I'll, I'll probably do that soon, but you run out of time. And like, you do. And, and there's not going to be more Frightened and Rabbit right. albums. And, right.
0: And there's a, yeah, there's a finite amount. And I was talking to uh one of my friends he's a little bit older and uh he was probably around my age when uh Elliot Smith killed himself and the parallels here are very interesting where it's like oh it's this kind of sad insular guy like yeah of course he struggles with this but when you actually get the news it's it's shocking in a way that is like you wouldn't expect yeah you're like, oh, I could see that happening, but when you actually get the news it's like oh like, shit. Yeah. So, you know, in... I love to make comparisons, drop parallels, put things in in boxes. It does feel like kind of maybe our version of of that, of, of kind of the Elliot Smith thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man.
1: I mean, it's like an indie sort of darling who, yeah. you know, um, took lyrical and musical themes and cues from, I think, from both... Themes of mental illness and music that has been sort of inspired by it over time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's a it's a apt parallel. It is sad news altogether, man. It is. I mean, it's it it's a, it's yeah. it's, a, it's really a shame. And uh, you know, I'm just I I feel for for you and for all the huge all the fans fri- and you Frightin know rabbit fans out there. Uh, the the, and out- the fucking band. I know, man. I know.
0: And because you know, he has two brothers. One of those brothers is in this band with him, oh, and God. you know, it's got to be just heart wrenching for for this to happen and. I, I would say to anybody who is is struggling with that, that might be listening, you know, it It always does get better. It does. You know, I've had multiple times where, you know, I've felt really, really bad and it, it has gotten better. So, you know, talking about it helps listening to, you know, music or engaging with art that helps, um, you know, just hang in there and uh, it'll get better. but Well said. Yeah, on that note, uh, let's move on, Jake, because we actually... Speaking of getting better. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, speaking of getting better, um, we have a new album out from one of our favorite bands, the Arctic Monkeys. It's Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Um, There's a lot to dive into with this, Jake.
1: Yeah, man, there is. I'm really excited on a lot of levels about this. So, like, one thing... That has been exciting and like interesting. On this is that tranquility base hotel and casino is like it's a lot of things. It, it it is sort of primarily in the way it's being thought of in the press and by a lot of I think casual fans. It's a hard left turn for the band. Oh yeah, it's a musical diversion. Um, you know, from a band who has not been shying away from making musical diversions. no no. Like, if
0: you if you look at every album that's come out. Even Favorite Worst Nightmare, which feels a lot like that first record, that even did some different things. And, 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 you know, it it was different. And every album since then has been kind of a reinvention for the band.
1: I think in their catalog, Whatever People Say I Am starts them off, obviously. And then you go to Favorite Worst Nightmare, which has, like, it just feels darker and denser and tighter. Yeah. Yeah. And then Humbug, they loosened up the screws a little bit and got... Even darker and gloomier and yes. heavier. Yes. Suck it and see. They go a little singer songwriter. Yep. They go a little bit like old school rock and roll with it. Yep. And then AM, they blow the fucking speakers out with yeah. just like riff rock.
0: And it's like this is our grab at mainstream popularity, which they got. They got it in spades. In spades, like. uh There's songs on AM that have almost half a a billion plays on Spotify, which is insane. Do I want
1: to know is, like, ubiquitous. Yeah. Like, like I think even people who are not Arctic Monkeys fans and may not even know who Arctic Monkeys are know the... Yeah, because you've heard (laughs) it in commercials. They
0: they played the Olympics, etc. So, like, they've gotten some mainstream success with AM. And it was very interesting because that came out back in 2013. And, you know, it's been five years since we've had a new Arctic Monkeys album, which is... I think sort of surprising for a band that kind of put out albums that like a decent clip. They the, have, those first five came out within a decade. It was like every two years we got an Arctic Monkeys album.
1: They have, they're have. they one of my favorite bands to think about their entire catalog. Yes. Just because yes. every album, if not great, and I think really almost all of them have been straight up great, yep. but even just including their entire catalog, all of them are interesting yep. and all of them are, have like, super high point moments. Um, And I think, so, even for a band whose catalog has taken left turns, I don't really think it would be safe to say anyone saw something like this Oh my god, no. Because,
0: let's let's put the factors in. One, they've always just been kind of a straight-up rock band at their core. You know, even when they go in slightly different directions. Two, the success of AM, like, well, they're going to probably just build on that, right? Like, they have this bigger audience now. No. They... How would you even describe this album, Jake?
1: The way I would describe Tranquility Bass is it is a lounge jazz rock album laid back, experimental. A little psychedelic? Very psychedelic. And it takes cues in equal measure from stuff like Lounge and Jazz, yep. which Alex Turner has talked about in some of his longer interviews about this album, which I loved watching, by the way. I need
0: to check some of those out. I haven't had time I yet, forget
1: but... who it's with. I, I, I'll i have to find it and name check the yeah. person. But it's a female interviewer, and she interviews Alex for like a half hour oh, about nice. this album. Um, takes takes from that, and in that interview he talks about how it reminds him of music he grew up and his dad was listening yeah. to, like jazz. His dad was into jazz. Yeah. But in equal Ooh. measure, I feel like it takes some... Uh, influence from Sgt. Pepper, yep. and like Pet Sounds, and like these these major, just like psychedelic I, I, rock records. I hear a lot of Bowie influence on here too. I hear Bowie as well. You know? Where I hear, so yeah, let's break this down a little bit. So like where uh. I hear Pet Sounds, this sounds like sort of nerdy and probably a little bit particular. It's in the way the drums are yes. recorded. Yes, oh my god, yes, 100%. Yes. And in the way they use, like, wood blocks mm-hmm. and stuff. It reminds mm-hmm. me of, like, Let's Go Away for a While mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they have these echoey, echoey drums. The way it reminds me of Pepper is something we're going to get into, which is the fact that it's a concept record right. about a band. Right. Which is, I think it is probably a little more loosely a concept album. Yeah. Although, as John Lennon would always say when he fucking distanced himself from Pepper... The concept of Pepper was a few songs, and everything else and was and just That's a good they point. That's in. a
0: good point. And I, you could argue, and I think this is a good transition into talking about this concept. It's basically that Arctic Monkeys and Alex Turner in particular are this lounge band at the tranquility base hotel, and he's like this crooner frontman kind of guy. I would argue they kind of adhere to this concept, albeit loosely. For like the entire album, they really do,
1: and even I think there are there are lyrics that could apply both to just his life.
0: Well, that, that's the thing; it's it's kind of an allegory for like his life so far. You like, know? like
1: we're gonna get into this, but but I, I'll cite one from the beginning here, um, and it's actually from the last track. Yeah. So. For example, a lyric from The Ultra Cheese, the first lyric is still got pictures of friends on the wall. I suppose they ain't really they aren't really friends anymore. Maybe I shouldn't have ever called that thing friendly at all. That whole part, like, you can picture that as just Alex Turner dealing with, I'm now this mega star. Yeah. And I've dealt with fame in the sense that I was in a band that was on a huge rise when I was 18. Yeah. And yeah. I've been like a stadium rock star. Right. And so I still have these pictures and memories of friends, but they're not my friends anymore from back in Sheffield, from back in the day. You can also hear it, as I do when I'm listening to this, in the concept of them being this lounge band in the Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. I think of it as he's this sort of washed up singer-songwriter who is not what he used to be. Right. And he's not as, perhaps as famous and he's not as happy as he once was. And he's like, I still have all these memories, mm-hmm. but maybe I can't even like call them friends anymore. Like
0: That's, that's such a great point. And there's a lyric, verse one of uh, Star Treatment, the opening yeah. track, which is, um, I'm a big name in deep space, ask your mates. And that's such a great, great lyric because that could also be like, oh, I've been on tour all around the galaxy. I'm a big name in deep space. But it's also, you know, I'm a big name, but you might not have heard of me. Because the way Arctic Monkeys go, it's like they're insanely popular. They're not like top 40 radio popular necessarily. And Deep Space could be like, you know, I, in indie circles, I'm a big name. Ask your mates who like listen to this kind of music and they'll tell you about me.
1: What's fascinating about Arctic Monkeys too is that they are famous. Yeah. But the members of the band are not celebrities. No. Like in well, mind, I, I think
0: Alex Turner is, close. is in like definitely in England
1: sure in England but they they're not like the level of like they're not so famous that their 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 perception is completely altered all the time right. I don't think no maybe it is but I, I think so much of that opening song the lyrics in that are amazing and i feel like i'm, I'm stumbling over my thoughts cuz i have so much There's i want to so say about many. this here's here's one thing Alex Turner is in the fucking pantheon dude of lyricists. Oh
0: my god, this dude's on another level with lyrics. I I always thought that before. This has solidified it. I get a lot of Father John Misty vibes from this album. I feel like Josh Tillman would be like, "Damn, like Alex Turner is like the only dude on my level talking about like this kind of stuff."
1: Because he's so like at, in at, at the same time it like engrossing, a good singer Interesting to listen to and fucking funny. Like when great you listen, great delivery, when, amazing delivery, and and the fact that he hasn't lost his accent and his yes. singing voice, and he still uses it in yep. funny ways. Like in the pre-chorus, which I'm looking at Genius right now, so I'm calling it the pre-chorus. <laughs> right, <laughs> but in that in that song, Star Trek, when he says, "Maybe I was a little too wild." This like molasses
0: kind of, yeah, yeah, delivery.
1: Just the way these lyrics flow out. Like this is, it feels like stream of conscious rocket ship grease down the cracks of my knuckles. Karate bandana, warp speed sheep. Yes. Hair down to
0: the... <laughs> Impressive mustache. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like It's just is like... <laughs> Love came in a bottle with a twist-off cap. Mm-hmm. These lyrics are amazing, Jake.
1: They are, and they, they like... It, it is in the vein of a Father John Misty mm. where... the Or, like, something... You, a parallel you've made a lot of... Or, or something you've said a lot about Titus Andronicus where... Yes. It's so dense. Every line it's, is so packed. You could
0: read into it, like... A million times. Yeah. Arctic
1: Monkeys is the perfect band to have on a site like Lyric Genius because oh God, yeah. his his lyrics are like rap lyrics, where every line is like an illusion yep. or or like a, a, some sort of a reference or some really yep. clever play on words. Yeah, he's Absolutely. a fucking fascinating lyricist, dude. And like I I I've always known that. I've always thought that. Um, I think with this album it's just like that yeah
0: blast. I I, I agree one hundred percent. I love this album, Jake. And I just want to say before we get into some of our favorite lyrics and moments from this album, yeah. I think this is my my album of the year right now.
1: Yeah, it it is um it's it's right there for me. It's this and Casey Musgraves for mm-hmm. me that are like mm-hmm. right at the top. And, and and I think at the end of I mean I think if we do like a, a mid year yeah. favorite album. Which we
0: should in about like, you know, a little bit. Maybe in, in a week or two.
1: The official middle of the year is the beginning of July, but we True. can do it in June True. too. True. We So either way, but yeah, man, it, it, it's already risen the ranks to be like, in a year that's been kind of quiet for me with albums that I love, there's really only two that I could say in good conscience I love. And it's this right. and Casey Musgraves. And, yeah. and I really, really like a lot of others, but th- dude, this album These are, is yeah, on another
0: level. Just for been sure.
1: doing it for me. And like the way it kicks off with Star Treatment Star
0: Treatment is maybe my favorite song I think it's my favorite song on the album
1: it's incredible it, I don't know if it's my favorite but it's an, one of those albums that's it's hard to pick a favorite yeah it is because there's yeah, just these little yeah. moments and it, yeah. it does feel very much like a song cycle or a concept yep. album where it, the ideas sort of bleed from one thing to the next and like as much as I love Star Treatment I also love One Point Perspective and American Sports American Sports is up there too and, those, and 4 out of 5 yeah. those yeah. bleed together for me. they do too. they're
0: basically like the first couple listens, I, w- I thought they were the same song. Yeah, because they literally bleed into the other one.
1: And it's it's just they're they're doing melodic and musical moves that are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they started off with this this like sort of jazzy odd progression that mm-hmm. they're doing, and with with these minimal drums and and just like these sparse, very spacious. A lot of
0: patience by the backing band here. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just to Whoa. to. Do what they're doing musically to support Alex's lyrics, especially for a
1: drummer like like Matt Helders.
0: Helders, I, yeah, yeah,
1: that, and that dude's a fucking machine. Yeah, he is. He is, and for
0: him to do these little like things, and like I said, be very patient's impressive.
1: He does it well, and I think he, I think, he, like that dude is an insane drummer. I think there's something to be said about. Being able to play to a, a different style like this mm-hmm. with a little bit, where it's a little more restrained, yep. and you got to just be a little more tasteful. Yes, um, but this definitely has the feel of. A lot of people were saying, I think disparagingly early on, that it seems like it's just an Alex Turner solo record, or it's just a my or Last Shadow Puppets album. I don't know, man. Like to me, this feels.
0: I don't think that's fair. I don't, I don't think that's either. a fair assessment. I don't either. No, I, I think I, it's I, bullshit I,
1: I, because it was that, to me. Reads is such a. Hot take first reaction. Nothing against anyone who said that. Because I can see the comparison, but... Like, take it for what it is. They're putting this out as our... our, He
0: could could have easily put this out as Alex Turner and or Last Shadow Puppets. There's a reason he didn't.
1: What's really interesting about this album is, I guess, most of the lyrics were recorded just by him first. Yeah. The vocals. In demo form,
0: yeah. And they used those vocals. So cool.
1: And and just built stuff around it. Yes. Yeah, man. I, I... I totally agree with what you said. It's, it's one of my favorites of the year already. And I'm really excited. And I think that it's been polarizing among fans. Big time. Um,
0: Feels like pure comedy last year.
1: It does. Uh, but, but I think it's great.
0: I do too. And, and so on top of the moments we've already talked about, I, I want to shout out uh, some of my favorite moments on here. So uh, again, in that first verse, I love this line. Everybody's on a barge floating down the endless stream, Jake. Of great TV. Nice little pun there. That is a good, that's yep. a good pun. I love that. 1984, 2019, which is a reference to 1984, obviously, by George Orwell. And then 2019, which is Blade Runner. Uh, that's when that is set, which leads me to the lyric of, what do you mean you've never seen Blade Runner? Which is awesome. Yep.
1: I'll take one. Uh, one of my favorites comes from the track Science Fiction. Mm. There's an awesome part of that song near the end when he says I want to make a simple point about peace and love but in a sexy way where it's not mm. obvious highlight dangers and send out hidden messages the way some science fiction does dude the, the I want to make a simple point about peace and love but in a sexy way where it's not obvious it's like that's what every songwriter's trying to yes, do yes 100% and, and like so that, meta that's such a meta yep. commentary yep. and the idea that Alex u- uses this concept in a way where he's like well the character is like a songwriter too so yeah. like that frees him up to write about yes. that. Yes. Yes. So, as a quick side note, the, the band is called the Martini Police, right?
0: I, I think so. Yeah. I'm sure that's what I, I think so. What they're getting at it. Yeah. yeah. Which they which they reference in uh, in Star Treatment. You know, I, speaking of those demo lyrics, Jake, I love the kind of the outro of of Star Treatment, where it's so who are you gonna call the Martini Police, and then it goes to the outro, which is. It's the Star Treatment. Yeah, as we gaze skyward in it dark early. It's a Star Treatment. The production there, it's super echoey yeah. with his with his voice. It reminds me of some of the like um those B-sides that came out early early uh in particular Despair in the Departure Lounge where it's like it's basically just an Alex Turner solo track but it's kind of echoey and lo-fi. It reminds me of that, which I really really like.
1: Do you have another
0: yeah, uh, one point perspective, there's there's so many oh my God. good lyrics here. Like just starts off with the dancing in my underpants, I'm gonna run for government. And just um, hearing him
1: say it the way he says it is awesome. So I don't think
0: Genius has this lyric correct where he goes back there by by the baby grand. I think he's making another pun here. It sounds like did piano. Mr. Winter Wonderland. I think it's did Mr. Windsor Wonderland. Like oh. Windsor like piano. Oh, I, didn't I think, think that's I didn't actually that. what he's saying and I think it's kind of misquoted here.
1: My favorite lyric from One Point Perspective, not to cut you off or at least favorite moment um is when he goes I've I've been driving around listening to the score. Oh my god, I
0: love it's worth it uh the, it's worth it for the opening scene or the, the, the something about the photography. So, yeah, such beautiful photography. It's worth it for the opening scene. The way he says listening to the score where it's super drawn out is, is like really funny to me.
1: And I just realized that what he means there is he's talking about the score to a movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I yep. hadn't even really Absolutely. thought about it that way. Yep. Definitely. Which totally makes sense, because I had just sort of heard that line in isolation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I do love to, um, kind of the, the reference where he's keeping the idea of being a lounge singer going, where he's like, I've played to quiet rooms like this before.
1: Awesome. Uh, I mentioned the Ultra Cheese earlier. I love verse two. He sings, what a death I died writing that song from start to finish with you looking on. It stays between us, Steinway and his sons, because it's the Ultra Cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- dude, then the next set of lyrics he goes into, perhaps it's time that you went for a walk dressed like a fictional character from a place they called America in the golden yes. age. Yes. Like dude, that whole run is awesome. And the idea, again, there's more meta songwriter stuff here because what he's, I think, getting at is he's like, the way he's saying, what a death I died running that song, he's like, I that song fucking killed me. Yes. Like, trying to get that yes. out of me, like yep. it was just, yep. it was torture. And it, it's a miracle it came out and he's like, Steinway and Sons is the piano maker. Oh
0: yeah, and so he's saying yeah. like, with
1: you, you guys are looking on.
0: Interesting. And
1: and I'm, I wrote this like this cheesy song, and you were there as my
0: witness. Yeah, And like, just oh, that's really cool. Stayed
1: with me through it. I really like that. Fascinating um,
0: stuff. Four out of five. We got to talk about yeah, because I I think on the first few listens, I, and even even beyond that, I think this is one of the the true highlights of the album. It's really funny. Because this is kind of the whole concept of like we are on the moon and like, you know, there's this mass exodus from Earth and now the moon's getting gentrified and there's all these like little cute shops popping up and I, I put a taqueria on the roof of the hotel and it's, call, it's called uh, the information action ratio, which... Did you look into that? What the information-action ratio is?
1: Is it about like how much action you can take based on the amount of information you're given? It's
0: it's this idea that like we have all of this information available at our fingertips, but no one even like looks it up or or does anything with it because it's too overwhelming. And like, how could we? And and it's this idea of just like it's it's like diminishing returns almost for how much information we have. It's it's such a interesting and like kind of biting lyric about where we're at and that's kind of what four out of five in this whole album is about is like this point in in the world where we're at and in kind of the uh, the the breakdown of uh, of society in that way
1: this whole song i think is the perfect balance of at one point like you said sort of a biting critique but also really funny oh it's my really god tongue yeah. in cheek. That whole run between cute new places keep on popping out, keep on popping up. It, it doesn't say it here, but doesn't he say around Clavius? Yeah, it does. Yeah. All yeah. around Clavius. It's all getting gentrified. But the first time he says, cute new places keep on popping up since the exodus, it's all getting gentrified. I put a taccaria on the roof. It was well-reviewed. Four starts out of five. Mm. And that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just hear that coming out of some douchebag's mouth. Yes.
0: Yeah. And you know what's really funny,
1: too? It's like I, I'm interested in this, Is he's raving
0: about this, this restaurant it only got four out of five stars, and right. like that's unheard of. Yeah, okay, that, that's the best you can do. <laughs>
1: right. Um, it just like brilliant lyrics, dude, about the idea that like eventually that would happen to the moon. Like now right. that it's hip to live there. Right. All the people who originally right. did because of whatever it, it saved yep. them, yep. or the ever reason that was in their wheelhouse to live there, like they can't anymore. Right. Because now like the rich hipster white kids are moving yep. in. Yep. Exactly. Um, I agree, man. That song is fantastic. I also really like Golden Trunks. Yeah. The, the the whole... I mean, it feels like this is one of the the songs where he gets um, overtly political. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious what he's getting at when he says the leader of the free world reminds you of a wrestler wearing tight golden yes,
0: trunks. Yes, yes. There's another subtle Trump uh, reference in American sports where he goes, breaking news, they take the truth and make it fluid. You know, like kind of right. a fake news reference.
1: Right. Um... I also love the lyric and the way the little melody goes in Golden Trunks where it says, so in response to what you whispered in my ear, I'll be up front. Sometimes I fantasize about you too. Like that whole mm, part. Yes. The way that melody kind of marches its way up. Yes. Um, awesome.
0: Uh, on, um, I think it's on She Looks Like Fun. So one, one of the things that I love about this album is it's it does have that jazz vibe. There's a lot of like piano and organ and, yep. and minimal instrumentation they still know when to throw in a really nice guitar lick, mm-hmm. you know? Like, the driving riff on She Looks Like Fun is is awesome. Yeah. And then it has the... And it might be... I think it is She Looks Like Fun. It might be science fiction. I can't remember. But there's this really nice, just like, guitar little solo. It lasts for like maybe 10 seconds. Right. But you fucking feel it, you know?
1: American Sports has one, too. Yeah, it does. There's yeah. like that quick little hammer-on mm-hmm. uh, guitar solo going on in it. Um... I feel like Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino deserves a shout out here because I think it's the one that um, most sort of sets up the context for what is happening in this concept. Yes, it does. Um, does. I get so much amusement out of the chorus of this song. Good afternoon, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Mark speaking. (laughs) Yes. Please tell me how can I direct your call. Mark is a name that's always funny to me. (laughs) Yeah. I Just because (laughs) it epitomizes boring, normal white guy. Mark speaking. Beacon. Is the idea here that the Alex Turner character is a dude who's in this lounge band while also working as this That would be
0: so fucking funny.
1: Is he Mark? And this is where I oh, get... Oh,
0: that'd be amazing. This is
1: where I get the Pepper, the Sergeant yeah. Pepper parallels because it's like there's references to Billy Shears. Right, like, right. Like is this the Billy Shears right. of
0: this band? Oh, that, that'd that be really cool if that was Mark. the case. And you know, to kind of wrap up here, Jake, I, I think this album... Really is rewarding on repeat listens, and if you so haven't listened rewarding. to this at least five times, you I don't think you have like a you really don't have a good understanding of what this is about.
1: I agree, and so much of it reveals itself on later listens. Yeah. So many little nuances, musically, lyrically, otherwise, the way it holds together cohesively, and it I've I've just found it to be an incredibly rewarding listen, mm-hmm. both actively, like when I'm really really listening, mm-hmm. and passively. If I oh I my can, god,
0: it is it. You would think, because it's so lyrically dense, you would have to actively listen every time. You don't. Something about it being a lounge album. It's rewarding passively. Very much so. You yeah, pop absolutely. it on and it, it works absolutely. well as background yes. music.
1: Um, which you can't say about a lot of things. I'm also fascinated by, again, we talked a little bit about their discography. Yeah. Um, I, I do think, I think it's something Ian Cohen said on Stephen Hyden's podcast earlier this week. About how he can see that in 10 years, this will be like the cool album to say you like in the discography.
0: Yes. For sure. I love that. I love that point. Yeah. Um, Absolutely.
1: Way, way, way too early for this. Mm -hmm. How how do you think this will rank for you as an Arctic Monkeys album? I I, I, kind of knew this was coming,
0: and uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. I I do think it's still too early to tell. I I do, because it's so different, it's such a left turn um i do it's definitely not their worst i i think this is probably better in my mind as a whole than humbug is yeah um man it really is gonna depend on mood this is so different from the first two records it's it's so different it's so different from everything i think it's really hard to tell i will say it's it's not my least favorite
1: it's not my least favorite either and that that says a lot Mm-hmm. You know, for a band with, with a, such a strong catalog, yeah. I, I think it's going to end up in the middle. I high, think so, yeah. It's high middle yeah. for me. I
0: think this will probably end up being around how much I like Suck It and See. Um yep. I can see that. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I like Suck It and See sort a of disproportionately. A little dis- bit more. Disproportionately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, like, in general, what a normal ranking I would think like, I think probably around there. I can yeah. see this being put... Ah, you know what? I can see a lot of people making lists where this is last. Which I, I could too think is wrong, but I can understand. Like there's
0: some hot takes that will have it like at number two or three or something like that too.
1: Right. Yeah. And but who knows? Like I could see myself being one of those people. Yeah. Eventually. Same. Same. You never we'll know. Um, I'm very exciting. I'm excited about this
0: album. Again. Yeah. Me too. Me too.
1: So believe it or not, despite um, how much we've been raving about Arctic Monkeys, other albums, and other good albums did come out mm. in uh, our absence over the past couple of weeks a hiatus, yeah. hiatus here uh one of which was the highly anticipated new beach house record yep. seven um so seventh album seventh crazy, album man. i like the title just the plain seven yeah i we, we talked about last time would you think it's cooler if it was just titled seven spelled out or the number <laughs> you seven? know i
0: think i said last time i i kind of wanted it to be spelled out i flipped on that i mm-hmm. like just the numeral yeah.
1: Yeah, it, 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 the integer. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does look cool. So, for me, Sean, Beach House, um, I've caught a lot of flack over the years. You have. Um, I believe unfairly because... Uh, yeah, the, yeah. I like Beach House. I think people just like giving
0: you a hard time about it. They do. Yeah.
1: And and so the reason is, is that in our group of friends here in New Hampshire, uh, there are a lot of us who really like Beach House. Among those people who like Beach House, I... A person who also likes Beach House likes them probably a little less than most, yeah, and gets a and maybe buys into the hype a little bit more lightly. And I think with this album, there was a there was yet more hype. I think, yeah. And this is coming off for me with Beach House, I think a run where I felt it was a little bit of a of a dip. I, didn't I think
0: everyone would agree with that. Okay, I didn't
1: yeah. love "Depression Cherry." I didn't love "Thank Your Lucky Stars." Yeah, I think some Beach House fans really like those albums.
0: They're good. They're fine. It it was kind of a we're treading water before our next like kind of statement album, I guess. Which I think Seven is being kind of regarded as as that next like this is our next great album. I've been hearing a lot of people say it's their best. I've seen a lot of critical praise for this album. I went into it on an all-time low of feeling Beach House, to be honest with you, in that sound. I I think I, as much as I love them, I got a little bit sick of the kind of one track, like this is our sound and we don't stray from this at all. I was like, okay, well, if I want that, I'll go listen to, you know, any album you've put out before. Um, And I think I was a little bit more excited for Arctic Monkeys. With that being said... I think this album's excellent. I think it's really, really good. Uh, again, it's it's not straying too far from the Beach House formula, but I think it's doing enough different stuff and in interesting stuff to kind of keep my interest and to make me be like, okay, this is definitely a step up from Depression Cherry and Thank Your Lucky Stars. It might not be as good as Teen Dream and Bloom for me. Those are like their height and devotion, those three. But I think that has more of a a reason um, to do with when I was listening to them and kind of the emotional stakes of when I was listening to them in that time of my life more than the music. I I don't think this is any better or worse than those. I think I just have more of an emotional connection to past Beach House. And that's a certain time of my life. And now I'm kind of past that, if that makes sense.
1: So the interesting thing about Beach House for me is that I agree with you that this is a very good album. Um, That's about where I... End up, man. Right. That's about where it ends for me And, and with for the Beach House. first
0: time ever, I got what you feel with Beach House. Where I was like, if you remove the really strong emotional connection, it's just, it's good music. It's nothing that like I'm blown away by.
1: Because I've listened to this album admittedly fewer times than I probably should have to be talking about it because I've been so into Arctic movies right. and other things. Right. Still, I've listened to it a fair amount of yeah. times where I feel like I have a handle on it. And the same thing is happening that yeah. has happened with every Beach House album for me, really except Bloom. Yeah. Which is that and even now it would be true for Bloom. Yeah. Which is that I would know the song if you put it on. I could probably sing along to it. I would know like the hook. I would know the little right. instrumental right. hook too. Looking at a track list, I don't really know, ma'am.
0: Really? Okay, so I I want to.
1: Depending call- on, on the album, like so there's songs that, like for okay. So if you're looking at Bloom, for example, like Lazuli Myth, yes. Yeah. If I look at like Teen Dream, Zebra, um, uh, what uh, what's the
0: other one there? <laughs> Your point exactly, but yeah. Norway? Like, Norway. Norway or, okay. Norway
1: yeah. or Silver, Silver Soul or whatever.
0: Soul. 10 Mile Stereo is a favorite of mine on we know that record. those.
1: The thing with Beach House is that I, I think they're pleasant to listen to albums. Mm-hmm. And I think what I have to be honest with myself about is that I don't think personally – I receive the value that others seem to. I think that's fair. I find them enjoyable. I think they're very good albums. I think they're good musicians with a really interesting perspective and and a sound that they do better than many others. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't personally, I think value it that much yeah. in a way where like i really hold it dear yeah and i really like, I'm like oh damn man these right. beach house tracks right right this is like th- these songs are so important to me like, right they, they really mean so, so much to me i
0: will say that used to be the case and that's still the case with devotion teen dream and bloom they'll still mean a fuck ton to me and right. i love them and i always will i have moved into post I fucking love Beach House phase. And I'm now into... I I really like Beach House. I like them. I'll listen to them. I'll enjoy it. Is this going to be a top five album of the year? Probably not. However, with that being said, Jake, I do want to call out a few songs here. And I, I think a few of these are among some of their best songs they've put out. I think Pay No Mind, the second track, has a really nice vibe to it I, i'm glad you said that because i've been loving pain i love mind. that song
1: it's 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 the biggest standout for me i really like the way this album starts with dark spring into pain on oh mind into lemon glow lemon
0: glow is the other one lemon glow is excellent that song is great
1: lemon glow seems to be the one that's getting the most press and maybe the most attention yeah, off the album yeah too. yeah
0: because that was a single yeah that one's great um other than that though black Cars is interesting more than it might be a great song I love Lose Your Smile, which I don't think I've heard anyone talk about. But this is just like Meat and Potatoes Beach House. Just like a nice little melody. They're doing beach house instrumentation stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here for Lose Your Smile. Really like that song. Girl of the Year is really good, too.
1: I like Dive. Um, Yeah,
0: Dive's dives really good, too.
1: Again, man, I like... I, yeah, I, I think it's it's really, really good. I I will always like Beach House. Yeah,
0: and, and I think with Beach I don't have much to say about this other than I like these songs. It's a good collection. Sounds good. Is it as interesting as Tranquility Bass? No. Well,
1: and the idea, dude, that this is some departure, too, is a farce.
0: And that's always the narrative. Like, oh, Beach House switching it up from their formula. It's like, no, they're not. And if you ask... But that's fine. They do it well. They, they don't do, need to. They do it
1: well, and they don't need to change it. No. That, far be it from fucking me. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to change your music yeah. for someone like me. But there are some Beach House fans who will tell you, like, oh, from album to album, there's huge seismic not differences. Really. And there aren't, dude. No. There aren't. Like, okay, sure, the production might be a little different. It's the production that's changed. Maybe yeah. one's a little more sparse. Maybe one's a little more produced and heavier. The basic components of a Beach House album never feels right. that different. Right. And when you compare it to how distinct something like Tranquility Bass feels yeah. from, you know, what else Arctic Monkeys yeah. have done. Again, it's not, that's not fair
0: to do. No, but in terms of what's interesting to me right now as a music listener, I've heard a lot of Beach House albums before. I don't think I've ever heard an album like Tranquility Bass before.
1: No, and that's one of the most That matters, man.
0: It. That yeah. shit matters when you've heard a lot of music at this point, you know? Like if you are 17, 18 years old old and you're discovering Beach House for the first time, this record's probably going to be fucking awesome. You know? Yeah. Like you might have that emotional connection that I had with Teen Dream when I first heard it. Yeah. I I've been around the block. I've heard enough Beach House now to be like, "Okay, this is just a continuation of of that sound that I'm familiar with." So, and that's fine. It's a good album. It's going to, you know, it I really like it. It's going to rank on my end of the year list. It's not going to be my favorite, and it's probably not my favorite Beach House album or even in my top three, but you know, to be honest with you, I think I this would be my fourth favorite Beach House album. Yeah. I, I mean, like this better than either of the last two. I, I
1: For me, Beach House I've only listened from Devotion on. I haven't listened there first. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's good. It's you would not it wouldn't change your life with, right. you know, the opinion you already have, but
1: it and and I guess the thing with them man is that like even at their best for me, none of these albums have changed my life. Right. Fair. As much as I even really, really like some yeah. of them. I never had, I think, what you're describing, right. which is an intense... Yep. Emo- like So what, albums that pop to me from that era are like The Wild Hunt by Tallest Man. Yeah. Fleet Fox's yeah. first album. Yeah. It sounds like that's what you're describing. It is. is it's that on, it's feeling, on that level. Is it's that, on that level. Is that feeling yeah. of like, I'm 18 or 19... Mm-hmm. I understand the world now, but I'm still naive enough to think everything that's new that comes out is brand new. Yep. That's how I felt about those records. Yep. More like I heard Fleet Foxes, I'm like oh, I've never heard anything like this. Right. And I think for some reason that resonance was never there with Beach House, right. and it's I, in some ways, I've always felt a little guilty about it.
0: No, which which I can see because our, our our friend group loves Beach House, but I I think as we've gotten a little bit older, I think we've come kind of to the middle with Beach House, where we both. I am still I still like them more, but I think we see where each other's coming from sure. with it more than we did in the past. Yeah, man. I can yeah. see what, what everyone loves yeah. about them.
1: It's, a, it's a definitely a worthwhile album to check out.
0: Absolutely. Uh, let's talk quickly about the new Courtney Barnett album that came out this past Friday, yeah. Jake, called Tell Me How You Really Feel. Um, this is interesting because as much love as her last album got, uh, Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit – this one's kind of—I I don't want to say it's flown under the radar because it's definitely been talked about, but I would—I would go so far as to say it's flown it, under the radar. Yeah, it bit. hasn't really gotten the love, and to be honest with
1: you, I think it's like just as good. Uh, so this would be if am I, I crazy? I, I really—I actually really like this album. You're not crazy, and in fact, on initial couple listens to this. Part of me thinks I'm gonna end up liking it better. Me too, because I think the dirty secret about that first Courtney Barnett album is that like there's a lot of it that I don't ever want to really listen to. No, on that first Courtney Barnett album, like, I the, love
0: Pedestrian at Best, Depressed and, in Dude. There's a lot on there that I'm like, yeah, no, I'm okay not revisiting this album. It was one of my favorites in 2015 when it came out. I don't think I've listened to it in like since then.
1: I haven't either, um, and I think that with this one, there's some narrative I'm hearing around that it's not as good, or or whatever, I, and I listened again today, it's really, really cool, man. Yeah. I, I really like hopefulness Um Yeah. City looks pretty charity. Charity's my
0: favorite track on here. Charity's amazing.
1: They're great, dude, and they're, they're nice little, like, they're, they're catchy songs, and like... Uh, and you know it's what I want out of Courtney Barnett me too I'm feeling pretty positive
0: about this I am too and I listened to this for the first time I wasn't that excited because I was like oh it's not really being hyped up that much it must not be that great and I was like oh fuck I like every song on here and hey Jake it's only 10 songs 37 minutes Yeah, that helps
1: I was in the the same boat as you where I, I was also going into it I was like ah I've
0: I've been excited to pop this on every morning when I start work. Like, I'm like, hell yeah, yeah, I'm going to listen to Courtney Barnett. Like, these are enjoyable tracks. They're enjoyable tracks. And
1: I think that, honestly, the takeaway for me with this one is don't really believe the noise or lack thereof on this. Yeah. I think like, look,
0: here's the the thing about Courtney Barnett and this album in particular. And I think, if anything, this might be the narrative that comes out of this. After that first album, I think people were like, ooh, new transcendent singer-songwriter. Like courtney barnett and it's like well i I think people overvalued what was on that first one and are undervaluing what's coming after because it's more of the same it's like well what do you expect like these are just good guitar songs like good rock songs and like that that's what she's gonna keep putting out
1: that was i think um really emphasized to me when and I referenced this earlier, but the the podcast that Ian Cohen yeah, and Stephen Hayden did this week, which was really good, it was awesome. Those are the
0: best celebration rocks when like he gets other critics on.
1: The best ones by far are the ones where he gets Ian Cohen on. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yes, yes. So when he was talking, when Ian Cohen was talking about Courtney Barnett, he said something that kind of bothered me, where he was like, "Well." you know this first album came out and, and and she was what you said like she was looked at as she's going to be this the next great one or whatever like this transcendent songwriting talent in the the pre sort of the the underlying thing of what he was saying was like it's been too long since that album for this one to have the same impact like she waited too long she didn't shoot her shot quick enough and, which might be true but dude that is horseshit
0: but that that's that's music critic bullshit that's what i'm I'm saying saying. yeah it's horseshit it's all narrative based
1: if you're a courtney barnett fan
0: right you don't give a fuck yeah
1: you'll love this album if you're a normal music listener what what do you care about about the, the idea that like oh she's waited
0: three years let me ask you this if this album came out in 2017 early 2017 is it received better? And are we looking at it like, I think, I think so too.
1: Which is, I think part of the point he was making. Yeah, But it's sort of. It's bullshit though, because it's it's the same songs. His point kind of betrayed the fact that it is bullshit. Yeah. And that a lot
0: of. I think he knows that. He does. Yeah.
1: And a lot of the ways people write, and so does Stephen Hayden. They both do. Like Hayden's not a, he doesn't love ranking things. He doesn't love like end of your lists and stuff like that. Like he'll do it. He's interested in it.
0: He just likes to like things. He wants, wants
1: to like things. He loves music. Yeah. And um, interestingly enough, they both didn't like Ice Age.
0: Yeah, that's interesting um, because I actually really do like that album. I do understand what they're saying about how the songs aren't there the songs aren't totally there although I disagree I think there are the songs are there on this album I would agree about past ice age I've never been able to get into
1: me neither but I felt like this new ice age album was catch it's an amazing song I do I think painkiller is a yeah great there's
0: song. the songs are there on this album. I think
1: painkiller is a well-written song with like hooks yes I, um, I, I so I didn't with agree that. with that point but but anyways with Courtney Barnett I think like that whole idea of like it's been too long since she released an album, she's not relevant anymore. It's like, well, that's not what she gives a shit about, and that's not what someone who likes Courtney Barnett gives a shit about.
0: Uh-uh. So like, she care about good songs.
1: Like, yeah, maybe maybe consider the fact that she never wanted to be like the fucking next big thing. voice of
0: a fucking generation. She's like Courtney that-
1: Barnett. Her whole thing is she's like this kind of chill, yeah, Australian Australian girl. Yeah, like, she exactly. Doesn't fucking care. Yeah,
0: man. no, it's it's a good album. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Jake, wrap up uh, the yep. new album talk with uh, Parquet Courts.
1: I will. So I uh, have been. I've listened a, a few times to the new Parquet Courts album, "Wide Awake." Um, so Parquet Courts
0: has been a. It's been a thorn in my side, Parquet a, Courts. Yeah, they've
1: been a polarizing um, artist on this podcast, to say the least. Over the years, they released um, the album "Human Performance" in 2016, which. Um, I ranked somewhere, not it wasn't all the way at the top, but somewhere in my top albums of the year list. It was one that Infamously Sean did not really like at
0: all. Something about this band, man, I've never been able to get into. I like songs here and there, but fuck, man. None of these albums have connected with me.
1: Well, no, up until Human Performance, in all honesty, nothing had either. Um, But, man, i got to say, with with Wide Awake, so this was, I'm pretty sure it was produced by Danger Mouse...
0: Oh, oh! oh, You mean the producer that like indie bands go to when they want to make their like big splash? You mean the band that like Black Keys were like, "Ooh, we're working with fucking Danger Mouse now."
1: I I resent
0: the Danger Mouse collaboration. I think it's bullshit.
1: Well, but here's the thing, man. Is like, he's a good producer. Is he? Yes.
0: Are we sure? Are we sure he's a good producer? Or are we told he's a good producer. What would your criteria be to say? He's I not don't a know. Good producer? I don't. I can't. I. I don't love any Danger Mouse fucking produced albums. I don't know. Like,
1: so I, I. was really. Are we
0: sure he's a good? I what I'm asking. Like, what evidence do we have that Danger Mouse is a good producer? Other than that, like, he shoved down our throats.
1: Um. I mean, he produced other albums I like. I haven't listened to a ton of them. He produced Modern Guilt by Beck, which I always have okay. Really liked. He is produced that an all-time
0: great album. It, I. I really
1: like it. It's in the yeah, Beck it's good. It's fine. If you're a Beck yeah. fan he was the producer behind Gnarles Barkley who released a lot okay. of awesome songs. Okay,
0: yeah. Um, sure.
1: But I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that's I, See, that's that's the point. I was not saying it from a perspective of like, I fucking love Danger right. Mouse. Right,
0: but I think that's people are like, oh, well they got Danger Mouse producing and it's like, okay. Yeah. Are the songs there? And, but- right. so, Here's the thing, Jake. Instead of, sell, sell me on this album. Why should I listen to this album as a Parquet Courts not a hater, eh, kind of a hater. Why should I listen as I am agnostic to Parquet Courts?
1: So the way I feel about it is that I think it is their... It's it's 13 songs, 38 minutes. Okay, it's tight. I think it's their tightest album. I think it has some of their straight-up most enjoyable songs. It has a diverse and varied collection of sounds going on. Okay. There's some songs that are like basically straight-ahead punk in the Parquet okay. Courts sort of way of being. There's other songs like Free Bird 2, which are kind of tongue-in-cheek and are humorous and, a, and also a little bit more like laid back and yeah. kind of like... But then there's also a song like Wide Awake, which has this sort of like sort of like, rhythmic, almost like a jazzy or sort of world beat thing going on mm-hmm. in it. There's, there's a lot of different things that I think what Parquet Courts is starting to do... Is there becoming a band? I'm not I am I'm, I'm hesitant to compare them to like the Clash or something. Yeah. But they're a band that, that to me they're starting to embrace a lot of different sounds. Okay. And I think they're doing a lot of really interesting things on here, and the the, the instrumentation and the riffs are are tight. They sound like yeah. a really good band. And I think that what's I've listened to this a couple times, and both times I've left it being like, damn, man, I like actually really liked that album. Okay. Which as much as I ever liked human performance. I was always like a little relieved to be done listening to
0: it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. With
1: this one, I've been excited to go back to it.
0: So what are three songs that you would recommend I check out before diving into this whole album? Total Football. I've heard Total Football is awesome.
1: I really like Total okay. Football. I guess there's a line at the end where he says, fuck Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. I heard here, that. I had this thought earlier about that too, where fuck Tom Brady is an idea that like I actually love –
0: uh, like I like sort of agree
1: with. It what's interesting is that I really like Tom Brady mm-hmm. and he's one of my favorite athletes of all time. But it's almost like when the clash sang phony Beatlemania. Yeah. I love the Beatles so fucking much that I need it challenged. Yeah. And I actually yeah, there's yeah, there's, yeah. there's a healthy place for yes, it. Yes. There is. That's a
0: great point. That's
1: how I feel about that line of total football. Um so total football, back to earth for me. Okay. Um, and I think Check out Tenderness, the last track. Okay. okay,
0: um, Nice, nice beginning, last, middle. Oh, yeah. I like that. And,
1: okay. I mean, there's there are many others that I've been enjoying. Okay. Uh, and I think that, like, I still have some of my best listens ahead of me with this. But the sure. bottom line is I think that Parquet Courts is starting to mature into a band that I am starting to really like. Okay. More than – because I, I think that you and I – we're never as far apart on our takes on them as would seem. Right. Because what the way it came across was I was like, I like human performance, even though I never liked parquet courts before. Yeah. And you were like, I can't get into it. Right. Which turned into I love them, you hate them. Which, <laughs> yeah, of course. Which yeah. is not true. Just
0: like you hate Beach House, I love Beach House. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's not the case. Right. I ne- I never have loved parquet right. courts, and honestly, I went into this with some trepidation. Yeah. Um but it just feels like to me. A really self-assured, which is music writing bullshit, but <laughs> yep. like a nice tight uh, yep. punk rock record that's trying a bunch of different things. And I've been enjoying cool. it; it's fun.
0: Good, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Um, Jake, we got a two truths and a lie for the for the first time in months. Yeah,
1: I felt like it was time to bust it out. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. So today, May 24th, year of our Lord 2018, <laughs> yep. is um. Our Lord Robert Zimmerman, <laughs> aka Bob Dylan's uh, 77th birthday. Okay. Um, Freddie, we even talked about Dylan a shit ton on this
0: podcast. I We sneaky have, though. Every we did moment. a whole Bob Dylan episode and did, we bring him up like kind of a lot. Did we do a Dylan episode? We did. Ah, maybe we didn't. Maybe I'm thinking of like uh, trim the fat and like we've we've had Dylan conversations. We've
1: had Dylan conversations, but I think because he's one of these legacy artists who we like, he's not releasing new music that we care about. Right. He doesn't come up as much as we like him. Yeah. So I put together a two truths and a lie about about uh, Bob Dylan, Robert Zimmerman. I'm
0: excited for this. uh,
1: In honor of his birthday, so happy birthday, Bob. Happy B day. here, Here we go. Since 1994. Bob Dylan has published seven books of drawings and paintings. Okay. Number two. Although he died in 1969, beat poet Jack Kerouac befriended Dylan late in his life and actually co-wrote lyrics for songs on 1970's New Morning, including the songs Time Passes Slowly and Went to See the Gypsy. Okay. Number three. Dylan famously converted to evangelical Christianity in the late 1970s, releasing his first Christian album, Slow Train, coming in 1979. That part's just true. Right. The track Gotta Serve Somebody won Dylan a Grammy for Best Male Rock Vocal. Hmm. So that would be the part that's either true or not. Because you know the first part. So again, in 19- since 1994, Bob Dylan has published seven books of drawings and paintings. Number two, Jack Kerouac, famous beat poet... Befriended Dylan late in his life, and even though he died in 1969, he actually co-wrote a couple songs on Dylan's 1970 album *New Morning*. Number three, Dylan converted to evangelical Christianity in the late 70s, and the track "Gotta Serve Somebody" won a Grammy for Best Male Rock Vocal.
0: I'm going one in three, true, two false. You got it, man. Yes. You got it.
1: Yes. <laughs> what were the get? What, 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 what um, you?
0: I I I knew uh, that he is extensively published things since like in the latin especially this century i did know that um i want to say i remember s- uh, something about gotta serve somebody and the christianity thing i think that just makes sense and something about jack kerouac and and that just didn't ring true to me Very nice. um, I, yeah. thought,
1: I thought maybe the parallel with the fact that he was friends with alan ginsburg
0: that th- Dude, I, w- I was like, oh, I feel like Allen Ginsberg's actually the guy oh, that he was. I, yeah. Th-
1: this one was just invented whole cloth. Yeah, So okay. I feel like I sniffed yeah. it, yeah, pretty Although, well. Although yeah. New Morning did come out in 1970 right. and Jack Kerouac really did die in 1969. Right, right. So I was like, oh, that like, that has some level it of. It does.
0: It's, it's enough truth to, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. no, well, that, that, those were good ones though. Those n- are those were good ones.
1: Nice to have uh, two truths. In yeah, back. That's- I, you
0: know, I w- let's save two truths in a lie for like things like this, where it's like there's a reason behind it. Hell yeah, you know, Let, yeah, let's do that. I, I think that's good. Dude, it's I been think that's good. Since we've done it's been a one. long time because they're kind of hard to like come up with. They're a high it energy. Takes work. They're a high energy. Yeah, they're segment. fun though. They're fun. I I really a love those segments. Why
1: don't you take us out with release? Yeah, radar? Yeah, let's wrap
0: up with release radar here. We have a few. Uh Okay, Jake. The long-awaited Pusha T full Kanye West produced full-length entitled Daytona. This is the follow-up to kind of that like preview album King Push that we loved.
1: I love that album. Man. I
0: love Pusha T, Kanye West production. Did you see that the album cover is Whitney Houston's bathroom? No. Like where she fucking died. No. Kanye paid like tens of thousands of dollars to license this picture as the as the album art. I did not see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it came out today. That was the news.
1: Have you heard any buzz about how this album is being no received? No
0: idea. I don't think anyone has any idea yet. Because like, he's probably like still working on it now. Um, yeah, but he'll finish it tonight. I'm, I'm excited for this, though. I am, too. Uh, and then we have the new Church's album, Love is Dead. Uh, I've been hearing not great things about this so far. Stereo Gum did a premature evaluation on it. It was, I don't want to call it scathing, but it wasn't positive. And uh, Lauren Mayberry um, tweeted out, like... Kind of like a fuck you to critics for, like, kind of being on your high horse. She's like, I'm just a person trying to put out, like, art that, like, makes people feel something. And you're out here, like, tearing that down. So, like, fuck you, basically. Which I, like, respect. Like, yeah. I respect
1: it, too. And more and more have a lot of problems with music critics. Yeah.
0: I do. Like, do I think this album's gonna be great? No. But, you know... it's churches dude so
1: I'll probably listen to it and like a few songs yeah of course it's the bottom line yeah sure sure. we got a
0: Matt uh,
1: Berenger collab on here I heard that and didn't love it it's not great it's not great but it's, right. but it's a thing they are trying, and yeah. like, it's still interesting for what it is. Yeah,
0: and we got a Jenny Haval EP, The Long Sleep, coming out. Y- you know it's going to be weird as fuck. And It'll like, probably be pretty good.
1: The last Jenny Haval was weird. <laughs> I love that album. I do, too. Yeah. I, I still really enjoy it. I threw a couple how about a, How about these, Jake? Yeah, Dude, so I little did I know. This is the first release radar that I've put in the agenda. Yeah, I know. Like, you, in, usually, I just... Get them in. all, but... This is the first one I've done in, in maybe ever, but <laughs> yeah. at least months. Yeah. At, at a minimum, it's yeah. been months. um Hoobastank is putting out a new album, Sean. Are you going to listen? No. Okay. I'm not. Okay. I might see what a couple songs sound okay. like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, to be honest with you... This is a, a quick sidebar related to Hoobastank, yeah. but I'm done with any pretense about hating these bands just because you're supposed
0: to. That's bullshit, yeah. like fuck the, that. the
1: bottom line is like some of those Hoobastank songs, fuck. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. yeah. They do. Yeah. Like, I don't like the reason that much, but right. like, there are moments in it that I like, and the song uh, The Same Direction by yeah. Hoobastank is sick, man. Yeah, there's some good tracks, It's a good man. song. I feel the same way about Creed, feel the same way about Nickelback. Oh yeah. And Linkin Park. I respect that. Snow Patrol, speaking of songs
0: that they have that fuck.
1: Yeah, Snow Patrol, new album called, uh, I think it's Wildness. I will not listen. Or The Wild, well, I've never listened to a full Snow Patrol album. I haven't either.
0: Like, I have no interest. Chasing Cars, though, still bangs, still slaps. It's...
1: It does. That's a great.
0: That's a great song. It's
1: a. It is a really great song. It's a. It's a hilarious way to describe <laughs> such a like <laughs> such such a milk toast. I
0: know, just <laughs> like mid mid two thousands Coldplay rip off, like like a Fray ripoff who is like a, a Coldplay rip off, who's who? a Radiohead rip off. Yeah, and you know what? Radiohead has their influences too. We yeah. all do. We do, and yeah. they're
1: all just trying their best.
0: It's true. So that's all people. we have. We're all people. Ah, uh, yeah. Um. Good episode, Jake. We will be back next week to really break down Hoobastank and Snow Patrol. Hell yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. We're
1: on the mics. We're back. We're back.
0: We're back. Um, life got in the way.
1: Yeah, it's been a wild couple weeks.
0: Yeah, man. I was, I had a conversation with my dad before I came over here. He's like, oh, how's the podcast going? I was like, it's good. Um, I was like, we really just do it for ourselves. We don't like give a shit about who listens or who doesn't listen. Like we do, we care. Like if you listen, that's amazing. And we I, appreciate I, it.
1: I give a shit if you listen. Right, Like, right, I, right. If you are listening, I give a shit you. I, I do you. too. I'm happy you are. Yes, but I don't give a shit if you listen. Exactly. Does that make sense? That's yes. two different uses exactly. of if right there, Sean. Yes.
0: And I was telling him that. I was like, yeah, we just kind of want to like talk about music in a structured way. And it gives us an excuse to hang out. And I was like, even though we are still pretty young and our lives aren't even like hard or that busy. I was like, it's still like, life still gets in the way, you yeah. know, as you get older. And it becomes harder to to dedicate time to it. So I, I'm glad that we've, we're still continuing on.
1: Yeah, dude, because it's like it's... It's not super high stakes. It's once a week. Yeah. And I think we've both, we've fallen into a groove of like where we are com- in terms of like how seriously we want to take yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We're like, exactly. We, we take it pretty fucking seriously. We do it. Yeah, we we do it. And like, I think we still take it as seriously as we like should. Yeah, I agree. There was a height, there was a height when we took it most seriously. Yeah. We're not at that, but it's like, you know, we still document all the fucking albums we listen to all year. Yeah. And market in the.
0: Sport. I mean, I would probably do that anyways, even if we didn't I, do
1: the podcast. I might not. Yeah, necessarily. Yeah. Like, I usually it, it's. I like that we do it. Yeah, I like being able to add an album to the list. Ooh, that reminds me to add an EP. To today. <laughs> um, but you know, like it, I, I never did that before. Yeah, and I listened to way fewer albums before. True. This, this podcast has actually changed my music listening habits to be more like yours.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point.
1: Because um, I think they kind of have to be if you're going to do this, right? I agree. Yeah. Which sounds really self-important yeah. and fucking
0: lame. You know, If you're going to do, bottom if line is if you're uh, going to be in
1: this in this line of work.
0: You know, <laughs> you got to Hey, you got to be here for the ups and the downs, Jake.
1: And you got to you got to document. Mm-hmm. and hmm Yeah, you got to take it seriously. <laughs> oh, you know, do you, dude? Because like no one listens. <laughs> you're not like famous
0: (laughs) and like your podcast probably like fucking sucks so dude don't you worry about that yeah i do i do i do
1: that's why but the thing is is like i do and i don't
0: yeah right it's
1: like a lot of podcasts suck sometimes yeah exactly exactly and so what who are we hurting Nobody. It's like oh, it's out there. Yeah, whatever. It's just us whatever. talking about music, and like there was a time where people
0: liked it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, also too, I think I think talking about music, especially the music we talk about weekly, mm-hmm. is fucking exhausting mm-hmm. to listen to. Let alone like, I mean, we it's we do it because like we're we listen to it and we care about it. But if you're not also listening to like the same exact albums, like it's. It's like oh, that's like too much. You Why know? would you listen to it? You wouldn't. I think music is really hard yeah. to do a podcast for.
1: Well, even The Ringer doing the new. I yeah. listen to an episode. I yesterday. listened
0: to the first one and then the next one. I was like, oh, I don't care about what you're talking about here. I'm not gonna listen
1: because they told they mentioned who it's about and it yeah. was just like rappers. I don't care. I was like, about. oh yeah, nope, delete. Well, I'm it's skip it. so
0: easy to delete, especially there's so much shit out there to listen to. That's like, you know, whatever. That's podcast life right now. It
1: is, and like. Yeah, interesting. I didn't expect to talk about that, but it's like yeah, yeah. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't It doesn't like matter that much. No, it doesn't. I think we what are we on episode one hundred and twenty one? Buck twenty one. Like I would say around forty through sixty was like we were taking it real yeah. pretty seriously yeah yeah. Um, and and but the funny thing is like we never made we've never made any attempts to monetize no. it no no in any way
0: no. No.
1: I kind of like that if someone finds it and they like it, like it's this sort of like hidden treasure. Yeah, flag. exactly. Exactly. You know, maybe, you know, that's like, it's funny. Yep. And it seems to me that, um, this is like a little, this is like inside baseball, but yeah. it seems to me that we get followers who are like in, in mm-hmm. for 25, mm-hmm. 30 episodes mm-hmm. and then they're not so much.
0: Yeah. I think that's a normal fluctuation for podcasts and things like that. Like that's happened to me with podcasts. Me too. Where, like and I used it, to listen and I'm like, ah, I'm not like so into that anymore.
1: It makes sense. Yeah. And it's like I because I can like I won't say any of their names, but like I can picture the different people who right. like at different junctures right. were pretty into it and like commenting right. weekly right. on Twitter or wherever. Yeah. And then they fade away, but then there's like sort of a new person who you yeah, meet yeah. online and they yeah. like it. They like and then it's like, ah, well we're not right. really hearing from them anymore. Right. And that's okay yeah it's totally fine yeah totally fine it's i i'm I'm saying this not from a place of defensiveness from a place of like i actually find it really interesting yeah
0: yeah absolutely absolutely um but yeah we're back after a hiatus i just wanted to give a uh rest in peace to my grandfather uh robert turner great guy gonna miss him um that's why i missed the episode last week uh but yeah yeah He he is a lot of our money from, (laughs) yeah yeah yeah.
1: This guy was a legend of. um,
0: (laughs) Maybe that will someday find its way back to me through like uh, inheritance, inheritance, trickle down economics. So what? Well, right. (laughs) Reagan would be proud in
1: the loosest possible sense, (laughs) like in a sense where it's not that (laughs) right. Um, Right. So in a way, if there is inheritance and you get it through like whatever line Uh Uh that goes down, you have like my money and our friend's money.
0: Yeah, like yeah. in an indirect way. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, yeah. You know. Also, um, how long have we been doing that pick'em league now? Three years. Um, yeah, I think three. Two. It has never left the family. For winners so far, he's won two. I've won one. Wow. Yeah.
1: It's like sort of sadly poetic that you won the last one.
0: It, yeah, isn't it? It's like a passing of the torch. It's like sh- this is. Oh, in other news. I'm completely out on the NFL. I've decided I'm not watching. Like, I'll watch it if everyone is and we're all getting together yeah, or whatever. You're not going to be that guy who's like, oh. Right. No. But, like, I'm not going to your fucking party. I'm I'm out on football this year. I'm I, done. I'm done. Hashtag done. I don't blame you, dude. And, like,
1: this whole fucking thing about the National Anthem. I'm, I'm done. done.
0: That was, the, like, the straw that broke the camel's back. I was just like, you guys are so fucking stupid. It's bullshit, man. It, I'm it's, done.
1: It's really stupid and, like... <laughs> The idea... I don't know, man. I, I
0: I got into this at work a little bit today, too. Talking, to I'm him. sure it was a nuanced discussion.
1: It, well, you know, the people I work with are smart. And, like, they, they agree with me on a lot of this yeah. stuff. And,
0: like... But they love
1: fucking football. Well, no. And, like, I was talking to one of my friends at work. And he was, like... I didn't even know he was a Celtics fan. We started talking about the Celtics. Yeah. And then he was, like... He was, like... I was, like, you are you into other sports? Like, what else do you like? He's, like, yeah, you know, I'll watch the Patriots. He's, like and he said something that like literally you and I have said he's yeah. like i watch the patriots but i like, i don't really like the nfl mm. so I, i'm sort of like out on football in general and i was like this dude yeah he gets it he's he's like into yeah. it and like that's how i feel too yeah. football is you know it's, it's funny cuz you on twitter you made the national fascist <laughs> yeah, yeah. or whatever it was yeah, joke yeah but dude football is fascistic. It is it it, it is cuz it's like militarized yep. in terms of how it's coached and yep. how it's taught it's violent, yep. which is a fascist yep. like tenet. Um, it's all about, it supports violence and it's all about getting what you need through violent means.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just supports like assimilation. Yeah. And falling in line yes. and everything is uniform yep. and like everything that is promoted is the opposite of what makes you an individual. Yes.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. And 100%. again,
1: it's re- that's reading a shit ton into a sport, but the,
0: the truth, it's, it's it's honestly, you don't even have to read that far into it to be like, oh, it's fascist.
1: Yeah. And and it's it's bullshit, dude. Like mm-hmm. I, I I still there will always be a place in my heart for the golden years of football for me. Like the page, I, I'll never not early love... 2010s. Yeah. Well, no, well, that and like I'll never oh, and not when we lo- were like
0: kids. kids. Yeah, yeah, I'll never
1: not love reminiscing about those early right. Super Bowls. Same. And the memories of like it's still, the bottom line is it's still an interesting sport to watch yeah. at its best. Yeah. It just is. It's fun to watch. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of problems with it. There are. It's fucked up. And it's like, like these people, these players have to sacrifice their body and living, just the, 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 their well being for this sport. Yeah. And it's because it's become so massive. Dude, there's all kinds of like hippie-ish neckbeard parallels I could make between the military-industrial oh, complex... Oh, yeah. Oh, and football. And yeah, the NFL. Absolutely. I like how it preys on absolutely. the poor to get good and physically yeah. strong. Oh, it's so... To perform for those I of like us. I like where your head's at.
0: But you know what I'm talking I about. I like where your head's at with this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree, and that's why I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Hashtag done.
1: I, I'm i proud of you. I'm going to... I mean, the truth of the matter is I, I've been like... You know, I, I, I watch the Patriots games... I'll probably watch them this year, but I I have not been in, in recent years making a, a major point to oh, do it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. if
0: I'm home, I have nothing to do. Right. It's on. Right. I'll pop it on. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to do my best to just not. That's good. No, yeah, I, 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 no. I'm I going to. Because it's like, at a certain point, I'm just supporting this league that I fucking hate. And it's like, okay, Sean, if you can't like make a little a bit of a stand here... What, how is anything else gonna change? No, I you totally know? agree,
1: and I, I support that hundred percent. Um, and I would like to probably do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting too because if you knew us, five well, eh, now like six, seven years ago, like dude, That'd you be couldn't. blasphemous. You were, you were as into football as anyone yeah, I've I ever know.
0: known. I know. Which is I know. I mean, really interesting. I'm like. awake now, Jake. <laughs> I've been up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've been up for a while. Charles Minor.
1: Well, like not like, kind of a wasted character. Yeah, I know.
0: I, you know, he gets like referenced by us. You know, he was way better than Will Ferrell. Uh,
1: yeah, you know what is a is a really funny. Wolf. I, I was referencing this to you the other day, but like I agree that D'Angelo Vickers' character is a it waste was in the office. Yeah. One of the funniest parts, though, is when he goes on a sales call with Andy. Yes. And, he's, yes, and to get his client to resign, he's like, he's like, if you want some boring paper pusher, who who's gonna get you what you ordered on time for the agreed upon price, Andy's not your guy. It's time to spin the. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, have you ever heard of Russian roulette, Mr. Johnson? Well, it's time to spin the chamber by signing up for another year. Like, I watched that scene recently. It was on TV. And I fucking was done. It's, re- it's really funny. Because the thing is, is, like, Will Ferrell, for, to me, is like, he's one of these guys where I always pretty much find him funny. Mm-hmm. But, like, the shit that is written for him is not always good. Right. And that's the case with D'Angelo. Like, I, you cannot tell where they're trying to take that character.
0: No, there's no direction. They're just like, oh, Will Ferrell, funny. They,
1: like, just make him... Really weird but right. irredeemably weird. Yeah. Like with Michael, like everyone knows a guy. He's like got that. a heart. He's got a heart and he's like a little naive and yeah. he's he's definitely weird, but yeah. he doesn't but mean he's a nice bad. Guy. Like yeah. I understand his motivations. Yeah, DJ was like, Oh,
0: you're like a bad guy. And a fucking
1: crazy person. Yeah, like yeah. to your character, You're too crazy. Uh, yeah,
0: it was too much. That signaled the turning point in the office where it's like, Oh, this is turning into like the Turning point was earlier. A, I know, but that was really like uh, oh, this is very obvious that this is a not the same show. Yeah, the,
1: the yeah, the, honestly, like by season five, especially midway through, midway, right around the
0: Michael Scott paper company arc,
1: is when you started to realize, like, okay, like so, the, the, there's this period where season five to me is still good, right. It's still really funny and right. really good and lovable, albeit less realistic. Which is like, okay, I get it. Like, they can't be hyper... There's only so many things you can pick apart about an office. You
0: know what the turning point could have been was that episode after the Super Bowl, the safety training one. Yeah. I like like, that episode. It's hilarious. But it's crazy. it's too much. It's too much.
1: That one has, like, set pieces. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, like the fire
1: thing and and, and yeah. the the scene which I think is like brilliantly written and hilarious um of the uh the the du- the dummy they're the doing CPR scenes, yes honest. yes like dude the whole exchange but the whole part where Dwight not even the Clarice thing like that's funny right. like when he puts the face on his face right. that's funny but what is even funnier to me is when he steps up <laughs> He's like, he's dead. All right. Does anyone know what we do? And someone's like, I think Creed's like, he doesn't have a wallet. I check. <laughs> right. And and Dwight's like, we harvest for organs. <laughs> he takes you know, out a Yo yo. Know, you know, we look to see if he's an organ donor. If he is, we only have minutes to harvest. <laughs> yes, and then yes. someone just decides, like as part of the scenario, he is an organ donor. He is. <laughs> and Dwight pulls out a fucking hunting knife from under his like pants. Yes. He cuts <laughs> and he's like, where's the heart? <laughs> the precious heart. That's a really funny scene. Like, dude, that part's really, really fucking funny. And they're all so horrified. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Alright, you want to dive in? I do, man. I, I am very, very fucking excited to talk about Arctic Monkeys. Me too. I am too. I, I am.
0: Uh, okay, ready? Three, two, one...